Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever it is, wherever you are, I'm Aaron Atencio, alongside Ryan Cutchin, and you are listening to the Poorly Informed Sports Show. So we went to our first live sporting event of 2022, man. Yeah, man. It, Nuggets Rockets at Ball Arena. One. I don't think it was my first one of this season. I think you went to some Nuggets games last year. Yeah, like in the fall. Yeah. Have you been? This was my first one in, wow, probably since the pandemic. Really? I this is my first one. I did not do any Rockies games. Scratch that. Broncos game. Forgot about oh, that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That we also went to together. Yes. Yes. So we did do a Broncos game last year, but uh, first indoor sporting yeah. event. It was fun. Well, it was probably more fun for me. Yeah, we watched the Nuggets B team um, more or less uh, just cleanly beat the Rockets. What was the final? Was it 116-101? That sounds right. Yeah, the Rockets were leading after one. Yeah, 116-101. Rockets had the lead after the first quarter, and then they Rockets after that. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, former Rocket, went off um, in the absence of Nikola Jokic, who did play... His next game, so not sure if it was like a rest thing because the Rockets are terrible. Yeah. Or he had a legitimate ailment. I don't know. Yeah, I never actually saw like any kind of injury report. I only saw that he was out. So, And we didn't find out that he was out until they announced the starting lineup on I know. Friday night. I was We're... really bummed because that sucked. You know, <laughs> part of the cool thing about going to see the Nuggets is watching him play. But we did get a verifiable like boogie night. Yes, we did. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, man, he played well. 31 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. And, uh, you know, Christian Wood, the his you know his competition at center, had a decent game at 22 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. But um, not enough for the Rockets uh, to, to do a whole lot after that first quarter. And, you know, I got to say there's part of me that did enjoy seeing Boogie put up some numbers because he was a really, a really solid piece for the Rockets when he was with them. Um, I know he's had kind of a frustrating career with injuries, so uh, happy to see him find some success here in Denver, even if it's in a backup role, though obviously not in this game, given he was the starter in place of Jokic. But fun game, man. I enjoyed it. Well, you got to see uh, Alperen Shangun. Yeah, got to see him in person. He had some nice post moves, some decent passes. Talked um, to the basketball. He did talk to the basketball <laughs> while shooting free throws. You know, he put in a solid 22 minutes, which is – Really nice to see. They've been kind of babying him this season, as I mentioned last week, I believe, yeah. two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, 22 minutes for him is actually a good a good amount. Um, sadly, a minus 14, but I think that's more of a team issue than a him issue. Um, but, but yeah, really cool to see the, the, the Rockets in person. Um, once again, sad I didn't get to see Jokic, but yeah, very, very fun overall. <clears throat> It was cool to see uh, Will the Thrill Barton. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Got a frog in your throat. Yeah. Sorry, we saw Will Barton hit a pair of threes to become the Nuggets all-time That's right. three-point leader. That's right. That was kind of cool. They put it up on the big screen. He yeah. kind of had a moment where he waved to the fans and teammates gave him hugs and everything. Um, kind of surprising. I, I guess I would never have thought that he would be I mean, I, he's been a Nugget for a while, so maybe I should have realized that. Yeah, it, it has be been a, a while. I that. think I think he came over in the. I'm going to embarrass myself now because this is going to be wrong. I think he was part of the Yusuf Nurkic trade. So that's not too long ago. 
Yeah, I mean, not I guess... really. Like it, it is, but it's not. It's we're going on like five years now. Okay. Yeah, I just remember when that happened. So maybe think... it is longer than I realized. But you think like Mello would be weighing well, you... the lead there? Do you know but... who the leader was? No. It was J.R. Smith. Okay, that actually makes sense. And, and he played with Mello. Number three. Well, let's see. I do have the list pulled up. Uh, Mello's not even in the top 10. I guess he was more kind of a back down, like kind of a, a he played kind of a big three, if you will, with, with Denver. Yeah. And he really liked the, uh, like the mid range sure. jumper, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, the reason I thought of him is because he has that celebration where he takes his three fingers and bangs his head yeah. every time he hits a three. So kind of in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, it's got to be him. He's got to be the leader. But uh, congrats <laughs> to Will Barton, man. Dude, I, sorry. Now I'm looking at this at this list of Nuggets uh, three-point leaders. Um, Mello is number 12. That is shocking. With that is so weird. He only has 410. Uh, Nick Van Exel is ahead of him with 425. So he, I think Van Exel was like 80s, 90s, dude. 90s, yep. I know that name. I don't know who Dale Ellis is. Same. Chauncey Billups is number nine. Nikola Jokic, number eight, with 528 three-pointers made. That's got to be a sign of just how the game has changed, you know? I mean, if See, if I would Mello think so, except for Van Exel. Sure, sure. But he was that was kind of his job. But now everyone shoots threes. Yeah, you're right, because the next... I mean, the top seven dudes are all, with the exception of Michael Adams. Again, uh, no idea. Yeah, I couldn't. I'm not going to pretend that I know. We got uh, Jokic, Gallo, Wilson Chandler, Gary Harris, number five, Adams, number four. Oh, Gary Harris. Wow. Jamal Murray currently sitting at number three with 673 three-pointers made. So, um, you know, it was a cool moment for Will Barton. I'm not trying to take away from him, but Jamal Murray's breathing down his neck already. Yeah, uh, and he'll probably, when all is said and done, take the lead. Yeah. Oh, this does say uh, Will Barton has been here for eight years, so there's no way he was part of that Nurkic trade. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I'd be curious if you have any uh, any idea who the Rockets' leaders would be. I think you can probably guess number one. Well, number one's got to be Harden. Yes. Any thoughts on the rest of the, like, the top, let's say the top four? Man, I don't know. I'm trying to think of four Rockets. One like, of them is currently on the Rockets, believe it or not. Okay. He had some long three-pointers in the game on Friday that he hit. Hmm. Eric Gordon didn't yes. play. It is Eric Gordon? Number two all-time Eric really? Gordon. Yes. Uh, is Tracy McGrady on that list? Surprisingly, he... no. He's number 11. Is that like his... I mean, obviously not his style, or was it just? Be- it was just not his style. Okay, yeah. so sort of similar to the mellow, exactly. Sort of situation. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm kind of surprised looking at this. Rounding out the top four, though, we've got Trevor Ariza. Okay, I can and, see it. And uh, you know, Ariza, Ariza, yep. Plus two stents with the Rockets, so oh yeah, makes sense. And then Vernon Maxwell, uh, number four, which he was uh, a guy that played a lot with Akeem Olajuwon. So, okay. you know, when he draws the double team, you just stand there and yeah. wait for the pass and shoot it. So that also makes sense. I think that uh, helps out Jamal Murray's numbers in Denver, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Yeah, in fact, I'd say Jokic is the only center I've ever seen that's a better passer than Akeem. Yeah. That's high praise. The dude's good. I think he won an MVP. Oh, yeah. He... Um... Might might be on his way to a second, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it depends on what Embiid does. 
Yeah. Joel's, now that he's got Harden too, he's going to have a nice little stretch here to end the season. For sure. But Nikola Jokic with a nice little stretch to end the night last night. So I heard. I did not see, but so, I heard. Unfortunately, I didn't either because I'm the fakest Nuggets fan in the world. No, you're not. You just can't get altitude <laughs> like all of Denver. I'm also like just actually too lazy to go find a stream. So whatever. <laughs> hey, man, really quick. I got to say I did just subscribe to League Pass because I've been having so much trouble finding streams that will just stay on yeah. and not freeze so up. So it's not just me because like, that's why I stopped you. looking. It was I couldn't find not a stream but like a good one. Right. So. And then I've had issues doing like Apple Play, hooking yep. it up via the computer, and just and not working well. So. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't blame you. But I tell you what, last night would have been worth the effort, because the Nuggets were trailing late in the fourth, and well, let me just lay out Joker's stats. Uh, in the first three quarters, he played 28 minutes and got 16 points. The last four or in the fourth quarter and overtime in 15 minutes, this man put up 30 points and dragged the Nuggets to a win. Do you think he should do that more? No, I think he does it too much. I think the rest of the team should wake up and play a little bit better. You know, actually, that stood out to me on Friday night. <clears throat> we had uh, Boogie Cousins go off with his 31 points, right? but nobody else stood out. Bones had a couple of exciting plays right when he first went in, but I think he only finished with 11 points. Both Jay Greens had 14. Okay. Jermichael and uh, Jeff. Okay, so the Greens did okay. They contributed. But Aaron Gordon was not very impressive. No. What did he have, 11? Less than that? Didn't really take many field goals either. Only nine field goals attempted. That seems weird for him in a game where Jokic isn't playing. Yeah, like... He's your fourth best player on a perfect night. Right. But in that game, he should have been, you know, the focus point, I would think. Same. I mean, still sitting at a plus eight, but I think everyone except for Howard was a, uh, in the positive and plus minus. But still, yeah, Gordon only at a plus eight. Um, how many minutes did he get? 29 minutes. So he played a lot. He played more than Boogie. Yeah. Yeah, because Boogie only played like 21 or so. 23 minutes for Boogie. Which makes those 31 points even more impressive. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to beleaguer the point of Friday night anymore, but it's um, it's hard sitting here with MPJ and Jamal Murray still on the bench and not seeing people pick up the slack more regularly. Right. So, yeah, it's super cool that Nikola Jokic can do that and can take over the game. But, I mean, they, they had a back-to-back. They're playing in... New Orleans, right? In 23 minutes from, that from now. Is in New Orleans or in Denver? Um, I believe it was in Denver. Okay. I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I don't know. Even more exhausting. But anyway, so the, yeah, they're about to tip off here. Yeah, and, and uh, he can't do that every night. He did every night, uh, you know, last season. I mean, he got the MVP award for it, but... Um, I don't know. You just worry about long-term, you know, wear and tear on the body that sure. way. Yeah. Also about development of some of these other guys, right? Got to worry about that a little bit. Yeah, true. Well, good for Nicola. Good for the Nuggets. And I got to say, good for the Rockets for recovering from that loss. Yeah. Against the Nuggets. And coming out against the Grizzlies last night 
and beating the 44 and 22 Memphis Grizzlies by 11 points. Um, I think we saw, I hope we saw the future Rockets flash before our eyes last night. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. put up 29 points. Um, Christian Wood with a great game, 28 points. I saw someone on Reddit say uh, Christian Wood finally played like Christian Wood thinks he plays, plays like, <laughs> uh, which is a very apt uh, description. You know, he was not only scoring the basketball a lot, but uh, really putting a lot of defensive pressure down low on John Morant. Um, you know, he, he uh, had multiple blocks on him. I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but I saw at least two plays where he just stuffed Morant yeah. at the rim, which is apparently very hard to do. Right. You know, John Morant's pretty good from what I hear. So um, really yep. cool to see this team uh, starting to maybe find themselves a little bit. Um, Jalen Green hit one of the smoothest uh, buckets I've seen him hit in his young career to kind of seal the game. Um, and, you know, he talked his trash. Good for him. You know, uh, the team right now, last I looked, is up against the Miami Heat tonight. So maybe there was a little bit of confidence there, maybe a little bit of anger um, that fueled the fire after that Nuggets game. And now they're coming out against some really good opponents and, and doing some work. Got a cat attacking a chair over yeah, here. Yeah, I would yell at her, but I don't want to destroy y'all's ears. <laughs> uh, yeah, holding uh, holding John Morant to only 22 points last night. Like, that's... Seven for 20. That's good. field goal attempts, yeah. Like, you'll take that any night, right? A lot of that really is Christian Wood, you know, actually committing to, to defense. So, that's exciting to see. You know, he's a guy that we're not sure um, has a future in Houston. You know, there's there's been kind of rumors out there that the the organization view, views Alperin Shingun as the future at center, and they're not quite sure of the timeline, but that Christian Wood won't be it, which is surprising given that they didn't trade Christian Wood at the deadline. We touched on that last episode. Right. Um, but this was a game where it makes you start to think as a fan, like, well, you know, maybe we can uh, maybe we can keep both of them. Yeah, I mean. Can they play together? They have been playing together. They, okay. And that was a very interesting um, decision by Silas to start doing that. Because back when Daniel Tice was on the team before they traded him, and really even before they traded him, he was not playing a whole lot of minutes. At the beginning of the season, he was playing quite a few minutes. It was just not working out running Christian Wood and Daniel Tice together. Mm -hmm. There's just no spacing there. Tice is a guy that does have a three-point shot, but he's not quick. He doesn't have the passing capabilities of Shingun. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, okay, this, you know, not I wouldn't call it Twin Towers lineup, but this too big lineup really isn't working with Christian Wood here. But for some reason it does with Shingun. Um, and I, I think maybe it is just the advantages he has over Tice in terms of his vision and passing yeah. and ability to kind of create off the dribble a little bit. So I'm I'm all for seeing more of, of that of those two playing together in a lineup. And let's see what happens. Yeah, because I mean, that goes. like Wood's only twenty six. I know. Don't need to be in a rush to move on from a dude who's. He feels like a veteran on this team good. though, because everyone's yeah. such a baby, which is really strange. <laughs> so yeah, you know, maybe maybe Raphael Stone really knows what he's doing. Not not trading uh not trading Wood here at the deadline. So, um, you know, like I said, I bought NBA League Pass. I'm going to sit back here and watch the rest of this season. I think and um, actually be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some excitement in my uh, basketball fandom future, too. 
Just one more quick note on the Nuggets before we move on from basketball. You're done with with the Rockets for right now, right? I'm not cutting you off. I am done for now, but I could talk a little more uh, on a future episode. Um, but no one really cares about the Rockets right now. So. <laughs> oh, oh don't, that made me feel bad. No, <laughs> you are good, dude. Well, I, I just I just wanted to point out this little um, nugget. No, I shouldn't say that. This little tidbit from last. <laughs> I honestly didn't mean to do that from last I don't believe week. You. Oh, that's stupid. Uh, the Nuggets were expecting or planning to send MPJ to the G League last week for some scrimmages. Yeah, a little rehab so, assignment. Yeah, good good sign. Actually, I think it was one scrimmage. Um, so yeah, good sign that he's like you know getting closer, right? Um. On Thursday, the news came out, that, and this is what the headline said. Uh, well, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, they announced that due to, I think it was logistical issues, they said, uh, they would not be sending MPJ and Jamal Murray to the Grand Rapids for scrimmages. Oh, so Jamal Murray was mentioned in there? Not in the original report, but when they said, actually, we're not going to send them, everyone was like, what do you mean, yeah. them? Both? That's really exciting, actually. Yeah. Like, not exciting news overall, but actually kind of exciting. Yeah. Super, you like... Know, the fact that they're not going to get a rehab isn't exciting, but if Murray's in that conversation... Absolutely. ...to start playing full contact scrimmage games... Yeah. And the team did make it clear that they didn't change the plans because of a like injury setback or anything like that. They said it was like a private jet issue, so... It's all good, man. Do you think that's still going to happen eventually? And I don't we're just know. delayed on that? Or yeah, do you think I, now it's more, well, they'll just make their debut with the NBA team this year? That's kind of what I'm wondering. Because they, they were only going to go for scrimmages. So it was just going to be like three on three or five, five on five oh, okay. practices. Not actually like G League games. But um, yeah, they're getting closer. I I'm I'm gonna totally hop on that Nuggets bandwagon once the playoffs start, and I need both of those guys to be playing for Denver. For sure, I do too. But there's room. I'll save you a spot. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Maybe right. we can go to a game. We should. This time I won't get yelled at for wearing a Harden jersey, <laughs> like I did last time in a Nuggets versus Spurs game. Oh. If you're the guy that yelled at him, shame on you. Seriously, shame on you. And definitely don't yell at me if I'm wearing a Steve Francis jersey, which I might be doing. But no, man, that's really good to hear. Um, the Nuggets don't seem like the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Um, and MPJ is obviously the, you know, the young guy that you took a chance on in the draft that has shown so many, so many signs of, of becoming something. Right. Um, and he just hasn't had the chance to really flesh that out. So, yeah, it's it's kind of still like a series of flashes. You know, he's got to put it together longer term. But right now, I I'm just eager to see him back on the floor. Do you think they'll really ease both of them back in? Like, do you think they'll just not be starting maybe a few minutes here and there off the bench? I think that depends Malone... on when they come back. Okay, I wonder um, if Malone's really addressed that at all. I think the earlier they come back, the more likely that's going to be the case. Right. If, well, and maybe if we're if we're talking about them not being back until the postseason, then maybe they just don't come back. Honestly, but but who knows? I mean, maybe I don't know. 
So who does uh, so I guess would would uh, MPJ start for Green and Murray for Morris? Would that kind of be yeah? So the ideal when everyone's healthy, your starting lineup would probably be from one to five. It would be uh, Murray, Barton, MPJ, Gordon, and Jokic. Yeah, God, that sounds so scary. Yeah, well, that makes your bench pretty damn good too because right. you got Morris. Uh, you probably put you got in your Michael Green. You got Jeff Green, Bones. And Boogie. Boogie, right? I mean, that's your that's your backup five, right? Do you think Campazzo just kind of doesn't see minutes once Murray's back? Very restricted minutes, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Um, Maybe against teams like the Rockets he plays, but well, defensive not playoff minutes. You know, defensive situations. Yeah, we kind of talked about him at the game as being like a budget Patrick Beverly. Right, so right. he just comes in as the annoying pest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was just fan buzz or if uh, the Nuggets actually tried to move him at the deadline, but obviously didn't get anything done. Um, I don't think they could have found any buyers because they did move two guys who were out for the season with injuries and still couldn't move Campazzo. Yeah, I really felt like there was a lot of inertia throughout the whole league at the trade deadline. You know, the Rockets also not moving Eric Gordon. Uh, which seemed weird to me, but um, well, hey man, here's to uh, a healthy return for MPJ and Murray. Here, here. I'm rooting for it until next year. Then I won't be rooting for it. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta transition us here. In uh, in lieu of any spring training baseball, yeah, I've been trying to get my baseball fix, and you know, obviously, I'm a graduate of the University of Texas. This year, uh, the Longhorns are ranked number one in the country in baseball, but they are so hard to find a way to watch. Um, A lot of their games, if they're even televised, are on Longhorn Network, which Mm -hmm. is impossible to find a stream of. Also, literally, I'm unable to subscribe to the Longhorn Network being here in Denver. Right. Uh, But this past weekend was the College Classic, which happens every year at Minute Maid Park. And the Longhorns were involved in that, and it was streamed on the Astros website. So I got to sit back and watch some baseball nice. in Minute Maid Park. So and what is the college classic? So they basically invite, uh, what is it? I don't know, six or so teams to come play three days. You have like three or four games a day. Each okay. team plays every every day. And it's just a fun way for them to get to play in a major league stadium. Okay. Um, and I got to say, man, one of the most exciting baseball games I've seen in a while happened on Saturday. The Longhorns played uh, LSU, another baseball college powerhouse, the number one ranked Longhorns. I think LSU might be number six. Okay. And it sounded like a Major League Baseball game in Minute Maid Park. Uh, the Longhorns won six to one. So much fun to watch. Um, crazy hearing the ping of a metal bat. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with a closed roof, that thing echoes. But, <laughs> dude, super excited for this. I'm going to keep. Um, Keep everyone updated, I think, as best I can on Longhorn Baseball. Going to try to watch as much as I can, especially if the lockout continues in Major League Baseball. Right. Um, but this team is really fun, man. College baseball, if you think that MLB is a little stiff and proper, you got to be a college baseball fan because these kids are bat-flipping, pumping fists. You know, I saw I saw a uh, throw-em-out, strike-em-out double play to end a game uh, – 
think with Ole Miss earlier today and the guy after tagging the Steeler out at second base spiked the ball like he just scored a touchdown. <laughs> nice. um, it is exciting stuff, man. Uh, so I just want to throw this out there as a little a little maybe uh, portend that I'm going to be a college baseball guy now. Um, <laughs> All right. You know, go, go Horns, ranked number one in the country. So – for college baseball, is that a lot of um, like if, if you get drafted as a teenager coming out of high school by an MLB team, do you typically you're not going see to see a lot of you don't? It's that that's what makes college baseball I think a little less appealing. Okay, compared to say basketball and football, is that it's most not most of the top guys in baseball are drafted out of high school. Yeah, or they're they taken in the international like, draft when they're, you know, if they're coming from outside the country, like yeah. a lot of the kind of Latin American places, they're coming into academies at fifteen, sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. So you just don't see a lot of stars in college baseball. Not a lot, definitely plenty of of exceptions, but for the most part, if you are just a stud coming out of high school, you're going to get drafted. And the major league team wants to develop you. Yeah, so you're out there straight minor off league the farm system. system. Yep, and they'll take their time doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a big knock on college baseball that you you hear from a lot of um, folks that are involved in like MLB player development is just how much they get overused. They're not being uh, they're not being treated as development projects. They're more being treated as like play to win now. So you know, I saw like a pitcher the other day you know, had an amazing outing, but threw over a hundred pitches. Yeah. There's no way that ever happens in any level of the minor leagues for a promising pitcher. There's no one that's going to throw a hundred pitches, even sniff a hundred pitches in a game. Well, so it's a lot like in that, in that respect, it's a lot like uh, NCAA football or basketball where those aren't developmental leagues. People are playing to win. Yeah. Yeah. You got coaches with, um, contracts on the line here you know if they don't win they're not going to have a job next year um, so it is very much play to win I get the um, kind of baseball player development nerd take of like well you know we're we're wasting all these bullets for this kid you know you shouldn't be throwing that many pitches but damn man it was really fun to watch this yeah. past weekend and I'm going to keep doing it nice um, hook them horns <laughs> so so the solution to make baseball more fun is a metal bat. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, the sound is funny, but there's nothing like the crack of a wooden bat. That's true. That is a good. I mean, that is like ASMR. Yeah, like I'm not level even level eleven for me. I'm not even that into baseball, and I'm sitting here imagining it. Like I'm staring through your wall right now, just like, yeah. Get a little chill down your spine. Yeah, drinking yeah. some like shitty cheap beer. Absolutely. Watching batting practice at Coors Field. Got peanuts stuck to your feet, peanut shells. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, man, I'll keep you guys up to date. Um, not much more to say. It's really hard to find a lot of like more advanced stats or anything related to college baseball. It's hard to find even basic stats on it. Really? Um, there's just not a like lot even a of box score. Yeah, like you know, I'm I use the CBS Sports app uh, for a lot of my sports, and you can't even. Look at college baseball on there. It's just not... Even like sportsreference.com doesn't have that kind of stuff? Not that I saw. I'm using the Longhorns baseball website and the official NCAA website to grab anything I want to look at, and it's mm-hmm. not much. All right. Well, best of luck in your... Thanks, man. ...endeavors. 
I, I I'm looking forward to learning more, hearing more about it. Yeah, we should watch a game at some point too. Yeah. I think I think you'd. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of my sports friends that aren't huge MLB fans would like NCAA baseball more. Would not be surprised. Um, are the rules the same and nine innings? There is a pitch clock. So there's okay. some other things. Now we can get into some of the CBA stuff coming up for MLB that's been proposed, but I'd rather wait till it's solidified. But we probably will see a pitch clock in MLB soon. Um, it's just a faster paced game. Um, there are definitely different rules. For, like I said, they do have a pitch clock. Hard to find like the other rules that are different. I think overall, kids just play faster when they're sure. that young. Um, so it's a little more exciting. Um, a lot more strategy-wise, a lot more like bunting and small ball stealing bases. Oh, really? Um, so when they were playing UCLA on Sunday, which was actually their first loss of the season, so they're now 11-1, and one, um, UCLA had this left-handed hitter that made Jose Altuve look like a giant. And this kid would just walk every time. One time he did get hit by a pitch and just steal second and third. And it was just There's like just, automatic. Just a little speedster. Little speedster. He would get from like zero to top speed in like three steps and just that, you know, they couldn't stop him. And it's that just, sounds, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It sounds fun as hell. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more, how should I phrase it? It's a lot more driven by um, really people being interesting in their athletic ability. You know, where Major League Baseball, you can have a, a big old dude, but as long as he hits dingers, he's playing. Yeah. You know, but in college baseball, you know, you have a guy that couldn't hit a dinger to save his life, but shit, he's going to get on base and then he's just going to run on you until yeah. <laughs> until you lose your mind. Dude, I, I want to see an MLB team just adopt that now and, and completely break all the rules. Well, if they actually ban the shift, which they're talking about, maybe we will. That's that, uh, That'll be a topic for yeah, a future we episode. We should get into that, but even I think that's dumb. It's dumb. Anyway, enough about baseball. Had to get that in, though. All right. Should we take a little break uh, before we move on to the NFL? I would love to do that. And um, I got to say, I am completely uninformed, completely poorly informed <laughs> with the um, NFL offseason as it stands, what even the timing is of the draft or free agents. So um, get ready to make me moderately informed. <laughs> We're going to we'll, take you to school. Hopefully. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. All right, man. So it's, I mean, the NFL offseason is fully upon us now. Really? Um, I'm not seeing a whole lot. So news coming yeah. out or so tomorrow's the deadline. Do we to... call them Schefter bombs? Sorry, I don't know what. Yeah, okay. Schefter bomb, Chef okay. D bomb. Okay, uh, both acceptable. Uh, Ian Rappaport will drop a big if true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, those are the those are the big two. <sighs> so tomorrow is the deadline for teams to place the franchise tag on players. I don't believe that the Broncos have any um, anybody that they're going to franchise. How does that work? What, what, what are the mechanics there? So Just the, high level. I don't need like super gritty details. But Yeah, so the, the, the short version is that the franchise tag is a one-year um, contract 
that is the total of the no sorry the average of the top five contracts at that position that player's position so the broncos don't really have anybody that they're going to need to like worry about slapping the franchise tag on oh that's by the way only for you know your own players your own impending free agents sure no no one that you can sign yep um so that's yeah tomorrow at i think Four o'clock Eastern, so two o'clock here in Denver. Is there anyone you're looking for on another team that wouldn't get that tag that would then be a target for Denver? Yeah, it looks like there's a linebacker from Miami who is surprisingly not going to get that tag. It's uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Um, He's a a potential pickup for the Broncos, um, but I think he'll probably have some a pretty strong market so so a potential pickup for everyone stanley yeah he's my cat if you guys can hear that in the background (laughs) uh i'm scrambling now trying to find the dude's name because now i've I've it's not acho is it the former longhorn no okay uh sam sam acho yeah he had a brother as well i should be better informed on this but you know Staying on brand here. <laughs> well, I'm fully on brand too because uh, I'm not finding this headline. So moving on. <laughs> um, uh, nine days from today, uh, free agency opens up. So that'll be uh, March 16th. So the NFL's dumb. Actually, I guess the NBA does this too. Um, they have uh, the two two-day legal tampering period. It uh, looks like the NFL has renamed it to the negotiating period. So, you know, that's when free agents, unrestricted free agents can start talking about their deals. Uh, they can't officially sign them until March 16th. And then the NFL draft is not until April 28th. So, okay. So we got got some time before like real draft talk begins. Yeah. And I do love to dive into that stuff. I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about, but I enjoy it. Do we lot. know the um, the pick order for the draft? Is that yeah? The Broncos have the ninth overall pick. Okay. And and it's just straight. There's you know, no lottery. Worst record is yep. first pick. No lottery. It's like right? baseball. So at least so for that's now. been set since the since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but with free agency right around the corner, uh, according to SpotRack. And every other, you know, oh, uh, over the cap, man. It, what is the what is the other website called? Whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, the Broncos have about thirty, just over thirty-nine million dollars in cap space, um, which is good for. Six, what happens if you go over the cap? Can can you do it's that? It's a hard cap. It is a hard cap. Okay, yeah, so there's no no going over, um, which some some fortunate things a fortunate thing happened for. The Atlanta Falcons today, uh, kind of late breaking by the time we started. Um, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, has been suspended for, for the betting, entire right? 2023 season for, for betting. 2022 season, sorry. Um, because of his suspension, uh, his $11.5 million contract comes off the table. 
which is really useful for the Falcons because they were seven and a half over the cap. Oh, wow. So they kind of got lucky there. Uh, they were probably going to try to trade him anyway. But but looking back in Denver, I just wanted to run over the positions of need for this team. Okay. Um, I, I feel like quarterback is one of them. Yeah, quarterback's the big one. Seems, seems like a big one. Because um, I just spitballing here, we're not going to really see Drew Locke start for the Broncos under Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach, are we? That's, like, is that actually going to happen? I mean, kind of hope not. I right? feel like I've heard interviews or heard of, you know, seen little Reddit posts, Twitter things of him more or less saying that, well. He won't be the starter. Yeah, so so he's it's not necessarily. You know, he's he's a fun player, but he's not going to be our future, or he's not going to be running. You know, I don't know. It just it seems like a the opposite of a vote of confidence from Hackett. Totally re- regarding Locke. So uh, Hackett and the offensive coordinator have both, and I'm <sighs> dropping the ball again, man. I still don't know the offensive coordinator's name. Oh, I got you here. Offensive coordinator is Justin Outen. Justin Outen. That's why I can't remember. That's a weird name. Outen? He's kind of weird looking, too. <laughs> so is Hackett. Yeah. I didn't talk is. about this. He's an alien. I, we, yeah. We, we we went over Hackett a little bit, talked about kind of his scheme and stuff. And I forgot to mention the fact that depending on which picture you're looking at of him, he looks somewhere between the age of 20 and 80. That's right. <laughs> like, it's weird. That man's ears are something else, too. <laughs> Wow. Uh, hey, Mr. Hackett, if you uh, want to join the show, just let us know. We won't talk. We won't have any ear talk. <laughs> so, yes, Hackett and Outen both kind of had that coach speak of like, you know, we want to see what – I think Outen actually specifically said, we want to see what, what Drew Locke can do in this system. Oh, that's such a – that's such a just throwaway comment, though. Like, Yeah, well, they followed it up like a week or two later with – Tons of talk from, I don't know if Outen has said anything specifically, but Hackett and Peyton have both said, we need to improve the quarterback position, like bar none. So, so what are your options here? Let's, let's, let's live in a world where Aaron Rodgers ain't coming here. Let's well, I think that world... is the world we live in. Okay. <laughs> okay, but let's make that 100%. Let's also yeah. live in a world where Seattle's not trading Russell Wilson here. I think we also live in that world. Okay. So what is the um, the non-tanking option, right? Because it seems like Drew Locke is the tanking option. I'm sorry if you like Drew Locke. I want to like him. I don't. I, I just can't see him as see, a as a winning quarterback. But what are the yeah. what's out there then? I mean, at number nine, is there anyone that's going to be available to draft? Is there going to be any other free agents? You know, I mean, obviously Teddy's a free agent, right? So yep, you could bring him back and just yeah. be like, well, if it's not Vangio and you've got Outen here, maybe they can do a little more with him. Yeah, so with the, Steady the, Teddy. The I, scary thing is, I think Bridgewater's probably your best option in really? terms in terms of 2021, two, 2022. Bridgewater's probably your best option. That was a really funny slip because this just feels like last year again. Like there's, there's not, it doesn't feel like last year again, because the Broncos screwed up and didn't draft a quarterback last year when everybody knew that this year was going to be a crappy quarterback class. 
But here's the thing, too. Hey, at least they got Pat Sertan, though, right? Dude, I, I really do like Sertan. I really, really do. Um, and I'm not complaining that we got Sertan. I'm complaining that we didn't get Mac Jones. Right. Or even Justin Fields, who has issues. And, like, there was a report today about how, oh, no, everyone's super terrified about his elongated throwing motion, which nobody talked about last year, mm-hmm. by the way. Um. So it, they took a smart route instead of the good. They didn't swing pay, for the like fences, good right? Good gamble. Like yeah, yeah. Oops. Yeah, smacking my microphone. Um, okay, look. Uh, let, let's. I got to break this down because you asked a lot of questions that I want to hit. Well, on I think all that's and for <laughs> me, I got to say, like as the the football newbie, the Broncos newbie. Yeah. Like. This is the question, right? It is. This is going to be the talk show, the Denver sports radio has been talk talking about for, for months until it's resolved, right? Yeah. And even then, we're still going to be talking about it, right? So let's so st- let's start on this. I think. Yeah. Okay. So so options at number nine. No, I want to go in chronological order. Okay. Options. So forget the draft. Let's start at free agency. Yeah. Options and free agency. Like first of all, like you said. Probably not going to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, according to uh, NFL Network and Ian Rappaport, uh, who works for NFL Network, um, it seems like he should give his answer to the Packers tomorrow of whether he wants to be traded or whether he'll stay in Green Bay. Do they even have to honor that, though? I mean... Oh, they want him. Yeah, but if he says he wants to get traded, why? Uh, then he'll retire and they'll get nothing oh, wow. for him. Okay. Um most likely. So so they it would definitely behoove them to trade him and they would get a king's ransom. Yes. Mike Kliss of Nine News. That still feels weird to say. He's worked at Nine News forever, but he was at the Denver Post for like my entire life. Uh Mike Kliss says uh, a trade for Aaron Rodgers quote would take nothing less than number nine number 40, which is the second round pick, and next year's first rounder. So that's your starting point. That's reasonable. Yeah, for a starting point. But then you get in a bidding war with who knows how many other teams. And you're adding on probably another second, another first, and maybe even some players. So it's a steep price for, for Rodgers. Now, it's a good deal. Whatever you have to give up to get a future Hall of Fame quarterback, it's a good deal. Especially one with a history uh, with your head coach. Yep. And offensive coordinator, who was their, I think, tight ends coach. Um, or something similar. Um, but I, I tell you, man, I think it's a pipe dream. I don't think it's going to happen. I know it's the smart move, and I just railed, <laughs> I just railed on... Um, on George Payton for for not taking the gamble last year in the draft, but I don't want to take the gamble on Rodgers, who's you know probably got three years max left. I mean, and the last time gotta start giving up all kinds of assets to get him. But why not? Flags fly forever. <sighs> yeah, and that's the that's the counter argument, right? Yep. So, but I I don't think it's likely. Um. 
I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. Green Bay reportedly, according to ESPN, uh, has a deal on the table, quote, that will change the QB market, alter the QB market. Okay. I don't know how, but just an insane amount of money, I guess. Yeah, maybe some kind of... Like a high annual, average annual annual value, but short number of years deal. Yeah, maybe. I, I would wonder if it's... What's their cap If it's going mean... to alter the, the quarterback market, like forever, I would wonder if it's something sort of like the NBA max contract or something, where it's like a percentage versus here's a number, you know? Okay. But anyway, uh, Russell Wilson is... Actually, my preferred pipe dream, but at the scouting combine, Pete Carroll, the head coach for the Seahawks, said we're not going to trade him. So, Doesn't he kind of have to say that, though? Yeah, he doesn't have to he's... answer it. Fair. Fair. I but guess, yeah. yeah, he could give, like, a non-committal. Yeah. He said, we have no plans to trade Russell. That seems more non-committal than definitive, but... I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think... I don't know. I I think they've worked out whatever their issues were just based on the fact that Pete Carroll is still there because nobody in their right mind keeps Pete Carroll instead of Russell Wilson. Right. And if they kept them both, then it seems like it's, they buried the hatchet. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So the other, so we are in that world then that I mentioned. Yeah, I think so. The other like biggest name, Biggest get uh, via trade would be Kirk Cousins, which I think is a solid meh. Eh. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> like, okay. Cousins would be. Uh, what are you giving up for Cousins? That's the issue. So Cousins has a $45 million cap hit this year, 2022. The Broncos have 39 in cap space. So that's an issue. Plus, you have to trade for him. So you'd probably have to give up a second and a third, mm-hmm. maybe a first. Like, I don't even know what his asking price really, or what the Vikings asking price really would be. Um, on, on top of all that, though, he's a free agent at the end of 2022. So how much are you going to give away for a rental? Yeah. Exactly. So... You'd have to work. You'd have to rework his contract and get more years out of it. But, but I, it just seems like more work than it's worth, because he's still not going to be a long term. I mean, he's thirty ish. I'm not sure <laughs> how much over thirty he is, mm-hmm. but he's like thirty, thirty one ish. Um, so you turn and you look to the free agent market, and dude, it's bad. There's not like. Tell me which one of these names jumps out at you. And I'm okay. sure you've heard most of them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. Yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is he still playing? He's the bearded. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. The guy played for thinking. Buffalo for a while. and I'm not actually sure if he played last year. But he, you know, but. speaking of guys in in their 30s, he's got to be one of them, right? Oh, he might be 40 by now, yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton, also in his early 30s. He's not, like, super old. Gotta love the redheads. Uh, Jameis Winston actually mm, is something. Uh, The last time he started, 
Actually, he might have started for New Orleans this year. But they kind of cycled through some cor- uh, yeah. quarterbacks. The last time he started like a full season, he threw 30 touchdowns, but he also threw 30 interceptions. So, you know, it'd be exciting. Yeah, <laughs> sure. One way or another. <laughs> uh, Terod Taylor is out there. Jacoby Brissett is out there. Marcus Mariota is someone that people okay, want former to Oregon believe guy. In. Yeah, played for Tennessee for a while, I believe. Uh, yes, Tennessee, uh, and then has been a backup with the Raiders for a couple years. Okay. Uh, and then Mitch Trubisky is actually the only one of these names, aside from Bridgewater, who's currently still a Bronco. Um, Mitch Trubisky is the only one of these names that I've actually seen, like rumors connecting him to the Broncos. Um, and, and that was just one, one report that said Trubisky had been mentioned, uh, as a possibility to go to the Broncos, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Giants, or the Steelers. Okay. So a lot of suitors. Okay. One name I didn't hear there, and maybe it's just me being naive because he's still under contract and not saying I would want him, but it's just kind of an intriguing name. Mm -hmm. Cam Newton. I actually just skipped over Cam. He is on my list. Okay. Um, I mean, he's still looking for a job in the NFL, right? I know it didn't work out so well in New England. Um, Yeah, so it it didn't only not work out well in New England because of, like, on-the-field stuff. Um, Apparently, he was, like, dragging his feet with showing up to practices and meetings and stuff, if I'm remembering correctly. So that would be a conversation you'd have to have with, with Hackett basically on are you willing to take on yeah. someone that might not be 100% there mentally yeah but do you want your starting quarterback to be someone who maybe isn't 100% there mentally if it's not Drew Locke sure i would rather have Drew Locke than Cam Newton i'm no football guy but i 100% disagree with that Newton he's he's just broken um I'm, maybe he'll go somewhere and have a career resurgence. You know, stranger things have happened. Sure. But I don't want to be the one to make that gamble, to be honest. You don't think the Broncos are in a position, though, right now where they, they're a unique team that they can take that gamble? See, no. I, th- I think that George Payton put this team in a weird position last offseason. And a lot of this is, you know, some residual stuff from Elway. But Peyton went out and made some acquisitions, um, like spending a lot of money on cornerbacks, uh, drafting a lot of defensive dudes, and some sort of luxury pieces like um, Javante Williams. That was a great – I love Javante Great Williams. pick, but yep. he's more of like a final piece on a team. Sure. As opposed to a centerpiece, I would think, just because of the nature of the running back position. So it's like we have all of these finishing touches, all of these really nice, you know, fancy play things in place, but somebody left the keys to the car at home because we don't have a quarterback. Right. And if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, because I'm not even considering Russell Wilson as any kind of possibility now, I think there's like a point zero 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 one percent chance of Rodgers. So I'll like throw his perc- name out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just just to 
have the conversation. If you get him, like, look out. This team is going to make a deep playoff push. If you don't get him, they're too good to suck. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a number nine draft pick with a super disappointing season. It's, you know, that's kind of lukewarm. I mean, they went, what, seven and and Seven and ten. I mean, one and five in the the division. But, yeah, it's like... Like, seven and ten, it's not that huge of a disparity between your win and loss column. And a couple of those games were real close. Oh, there were a lot of winnable games. And, yeah, you're right. If you have a quarterback... Maybe you're in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's like, it it's the team is too good to be truly shitty. Yeah, you know. Yep. And right now, because of the the free agent crop of quarterbacks, and because this is a weak quarterback draft class, like, there's no yeah, there's no easy answer. We're just in a in a, a horrible um, purgatory. Has has Peyton or Hackett directly addressed that, or are they just playing the the very positive? Oh, you know, we can see Locke being the future if we need him to, and just saying the right things kind of deal. I mean, because they've got to be uh, kind of stressing about that. Yeah, I'm sure that they are. Um, I, I I think that you know their actions are speaking louder than their words. Uh, they're meeting with quarterbacks at the well, did meet with quarterbacks at the combine. The annual scouting combine wrapped up yesterday. Uh, the only name that I know for sure that they met with uh, is uh, Matt Corral, who's the quarterback from Ole Miss. Uh, I believe they also met with Carson Strong, who's a quarterback from Nevada. Uh, I don't know if they met with Kenny Pickett, who a lot of people consider to be the best quarterback in this draft. Um, but like his ceiling is sort of, Derek Carr. I mean, at this point, we'd take that. Yeah, but how long do you want to lock yourself in to Derek Carr with the ninth overall pick? Okay, fair. Because then again, you're in a situation where you're not going to win a Super Bowl, but you're never going to suck. Yeah, you might be 10-7 and like the Raiders, right? Yeah. You'd be good enough to get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. Right, right. So that's, yeah, that's my depressing quarterback takes. So, we, yeah, this is going to be fascinating because <laughs> there's no easy answer for, for anyone. And I bet, like, it's got to be a real debate in, like, Broncos fandom about what to do here. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a not insignificant part of the fan base that says, hey, let's just. Let's just trade Jumonte Williams. Let's trade all these pieces that are actually pretty decent here. You know, I know Bradley Chubb had a down year. Let's trade him. Let's trade all these guys and 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 just tank and let's yeah. let's just go. Let's go. You know, <laughs> and grab one win in the season and get in the number one overall pick and and just start over. Well, so um, so next year's quarterback draft is supposed to be much stronger. Uh, it's headlined by uh, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. And I can't remember the Alabama quarterback's name. But um, there's a couple of dudes. It's way more top-heavy. This year has a lot of dudes who are going to be good backups for a long time in the NFL. Your Colt McCoy types. A lot like him, yeah. Um, 
and I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to end up talking myself into one of these dudes at nine. Uh, you know, I got almost two months, so, so there's time. Um, and I, ha- I haven't done a lot of study on them yet, so I'm not going to dive into them. I'm not going to talk about them today, even though you did ask about. Now, we should have a completely separate episode with draft analysis. Yeah. So, outside of, you know, that doom and gloom. Yeah, what are the other positions where free agency can help here? So, the other big positions of need as I see them, I just, I I made like a bullet point thing. I'll I'll go down it for you. So, at right tackle, uh, the Broncos had Bobby Massey last year. He started 13 games. Um, it was the first time right tackle hasn't been an issue since like before the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. So I think they should bring back Bobby Massey in free agency, and then they should draft somebody in the first three rounds. If that guy takes over for Bobby Massey in week one, super. If he takes over for him in year three, okay. You know, fair. you probably don't want to keep Bobby Massey that long. I think he's kind of older, but... Um, this is a really good tackle class, so you should be able to find somebody to replace him, but you should also bring back Bobby Massey Mm -hmm. so that there's not pressure on the rookie to start right away. And there's kind of a possibility of like a mentor role. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the draft names to kind of keep an early eye on, um, and (laughs) what's funny is the Broncos are picking at nine, which is pretty high. But uh, all three of these names might actually be too go too high for the Broncos. Uh, Evan Neal from Alabama. Uh, Iki Ikanwu. His real name is Ikem, I think. But he goes by Iki. Uh, he's from North Carolina State. Uh, Charles Cross from Miz- uh, Mississippi State. Um, all three of those dudes are pretty good. You can probably get really good value in the second or third for... Uh, like find a long-term right tackle there. Uh, next position of need is inside linebacker. So the Broncos are about to get like eviscerated at this position because they have three dudes who are entering free agency in nine days. So Alexander Johnson, the dude who like, identifies as a dinosaur on the field (laughs) uh Josie Jewell and Kenny Young who the Broncos traded for during the season all of those guys are hitting free agency in a week um the Broncos did draft a, a linebacker last year who played in 14 games um actually started nine games uh and I think he will and should be a pretty big part of the rotation in 2022 but you need depth at that position. So again, this is a good year to draft a linebacker. There's a lot of talent um, really along the defensive front seven. There's a lot of talent this year. But I'd like to see them bring back one of those three guys. One of Johnson, Jewel, or Young. And I, I think I prefer Young because he's the most versatile and the youngest. Um, but I, to be honest, like... That's not a position that I was really scrutinizing when I was watching games this year. So, one of the three, yeah, is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you mentioned Bradley Chubb having a down year, so the Broncos yep. definitely need uh, to get him some help on the edge, on the opposite edge. Um, but Chubb <laughs> needs to up his game, um, and he needs to stay healthy, which it's out of his control, but it's an issue, you know, at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so what are your options? Well, here's the thing. And the most exciting news out of Broncos country all day, all week, all month, even, uh, Von Miller went on a storm across Twitter and Instagram posting about how, uh, I kind of want that old thing back. He said, um, something about, Something about returning a five, to five, a two, <laughs> a zero, and an eight, an eight and a zero. Yeah. He posted. Uh, it was a series of emojis. So excuse me while I try to explain pictograms. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm looking forward to this. He posted forty or fifty-eight in blue diamond, orange diamond. Then so with, his current number, his old number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In blue and orange. Mm-hmm. Then he followed that up with, I wonder if they'll give me my old locker back. Then he followed that up with a video selfie of himself saying, I wouldn't tease you. Broncos country, what's up? Then he changed it. It keeps coming. Then he changed his Twitter bio to say, uh, you know, Texas A&M Aggie, Denver Bronco, whatever, whatever. No mention of the Rams. And he made it sound like he's a current Denver Bronco. And That's so interesting because I think right after the Super Bowl win, he was kind of like, oh, we're going to do it again next year. Yeah, so even the week of the Super Bowl, he he said if it was up to me, I would still be in Denver. But George sent me here and uh, he wasn't – that sounds like he's blaming George Payton. Like, oh, you shipped me off. He didn't even want me. But it was like – he could have sent me anywhere, and he sent me to a contender. Um, to play next to Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, and and he said if it was up to me, I would just be at home right now because I yeah. would still be a Bronco. So I think he definitely like doesn't feel resentment towards George Payton. Payton yep. Um, and he's teasing us all right now, man. <laughs> Do you think his agent is like nervous about all that or doesn't really care? I mean, I don't... Probably, because... <laughs> He's talking about it like it's a done deal. And do you think he'd be willing to take like pennies on the dollar just to play out his career in Denver? See, so that's, or that's the flip side of all this. Because right? I like, know in baseball, like a big a big issue with free agency is you know, the players association always wants you and pressures you to take the biggest deal that's yeah. offered. Because Because that's better for everyone it's else. Better right? for everyone else, you know. You drive the average um, value of a deal up especially with things like the franchise tag that actually matters um so i mean do you think that's something he would do or do you think he's more just like hey peyton come on now like just pay me what i'm worth and and let's get this thing back where it was well see so that's the issue because the broncos have some good cap space right now said it was like 39 39 just a little bit over 39 um but they have other needs, man. Vaughn's a luxury piece. How much do you think he'll be? Like per year? That's a good question. Because it's hard to tell. After the offseason he had, he could get a lot of money. But if you look at the full picture, he was kind of disappointing in the regular season. 
even after he got traded. So it's that's tough to tell. And seriously, though, like he's playing on an elite defense in L.A., so it's hard to tell what he'll do on a Dude, Denver I think Broncos team. That's... I could probably get pressure if I was next to Von, uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Von Donald is what I just tried to say. <laughs> hey, let's make it happen. Put them together in some sort of clone lab and let's do it. Can we just call him Vonald? Von, Von... <laughs> um... Vonald. I like it. Oh, I'm I'm We should look up what he was making last year though. I'm because... getting loopy. I'm actually trying to find uh Spotrack, I don't know if this is new or not. They have this uh link, uh market value. This <sighs> Okay. Is this just them based on like an algorithm saying what he would be worth? Yeah. What would you I mean I, I don't know if you have any kind of frame of reference. Here. Um the Looks like top five. Let me. Sorry, we're gonna have to edit this. <laughs> I'm tripping. Hey, we don't all edit over. here. I'm tripping all over. Comparable players. We've selected the following players based on their age, contract status, and statistical production to compare Von Miller to. J.J. Watt, average salary fourteen million. Okay. Carlos Dunlap, average salary six point eight million. Jason Pierre-Paul, average salary twelve point five. Calais Campbell, average salary twelve point five. So those are some so of the easily a third names. of your cap space is going towards Vaughn if you re-sign him. Yeah, well, this is maybe the the high level way to look at this. Uh, and that's not well in the Broncos' case, it would actually be a fourth. So what the what the you, think you could do it for like ten. What Spotrack is is projecting is two years, twenty one million. Okay, so average of ten and a half a year. I might do that, man. Just. You get your face of the franchise back. Not to mention, you pull off the biggest coup of all time that way because you because trade a guy you, away, yep. you get a second round and a third round for him, and then you get the guy back. That's like when uh, the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs. Granted, he helped them win a World Series in 2016 and then just re-signed him immediately the next year after yeah. his contract was up. So it, it, that's something to think about. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to any contract right um and there's definitely you know severe ups and downs to to bring in miller back it would be fun it would be so fun and he's my favorite bronco ever so just do it (laughs) uh they could also take a look at uh throwing that money at randy gregory from dallas um sports illustrated says that the broncos quote, plan to spend significant money, end quote, on edge rushers. Uh, Randy Gregory does it from the defensive end position instead of the outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So hand in the dirt instead of standing up. But uh, that's a younger but still established position. You'd probably pay more than 10 and a half a year, though, for, for Gregory. Is he younger? He's a little bit younger. I think he's – Vaughn's like 32, Um and I believe that Gregory is like more in the 27, 28, okay. 29 range. Um, moving on down the line, uh, we, we did kind of talk about uh, Aaron Donald and how important he was to Von Miller. Mm-hmm. The Broncos have got to do something to bring in talent on the interior of the defensive line. Um, I actually like them to turn to the draft to address that. 
uh, because they do have some some money already tied up there. Uh, they paid Shelby Harris quite a bit, and he's he's not really like a stud pass rusher, but he's a really good defensive tackle. Uh, if you want to go after a dude like uh, Jordan Davis from Georgia or Perrion Winfrey from – I'm bracing for it – from OU. Sucks. <laughs> uh, I – I kind of like those options. Uh, Winfrey would be a stretch at nine, but yeah, I mean that if you can fill that through the draft and you're not using your number nine overall pick on it, it seems like the way to go. I mean, yeah, that's ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the finally the Broncos are going to need to bring in some uh, help at corner. I think uh, currently Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller are about to become free agents. Um, fire Fuller into the sun. <laughs> like the Broncos shelled out for a year of him. Uh, everyone said, oh yeah, he's going to be fantastic because his best year was under Fangio in Chicago. Um, and pretty soon he got replaced by Pat Sertan and just didn't play. Yeah. And they actually list Sertan ahead of him on the depth chart here on the yeah. Broncos website. So uh, he, he straight up Which lost his job to yep. a rookie at a position where rookies usually struggle. Um, and it wasn't just Pat Sertan being good. Not that I'm trying to take anything away from Sertan, but Fuller struggled mm-hmm. and and didn't see playing time again until I think it was Ronald Darby who got hurt. Who's listed in front of Callahan. Yeah. So Callahan is a slot corner. So on a depth chart, he would show up as number three, I would assume. <clears throat> um, I would like to bring him back because he's a really good slot corner. So he covers the smaller, shiftier dudes running across mm-hmm. the middle of the field. Um, and then you have Sertan and Ronald Darby on the outsides. And the Broncos still have Michael Ojemudia, who didn't play much at all last year. I haven't looked up his snap numbers, but um, I think he was hurt and came back late. Um, Is he a good piece? I don't know anything about him. He's like a serviceable corner. Okay. So you'd like to see them upgrade. Um, Like I said, I want to see them bring back Bryce Callahan. Uh, And then if you're looking just at number nine at drafting a corner, there's a dude. I didn't even look up what school he goes to. I'm I'm really not that far into my draft research yet. But uh, Sauce is his nickname and what everyone calls him. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, I like it already. He's the, he's the top flight <laughs> corner in this year's draft. So um, if you want to do this year what you did last year, okay. Draft another corner. Think he'd be available yeah, at you got nine? Your, or... Possibly. It, yeah. might, it might be a stretch. But, you know, it depends on, like, do one of these teams ahead of you talk themselves into a quarterback? Uh, is there a run on these top three tackles that I mentioned earlier? Mm-hmm. Um and that sort of stuff can push sauce <laughs> down a little bit to you. <laughs> um, I love pushing sauce. Pushing pushing sauce all the live long day. Here so on. kind of what I'm getting from all this is like a lot of uncertainty. This is just, <laughs> there's a very, um, there's so many ways this season seems like this upcoming season can go. And, I think free agency in the draft will define what that's going to be. I think once we've gotten through free agency in the draft, I think we're going to know who the Broncos are. 
Yeah, and I think so. And just like this year, people, you know, thinking of the football outsider's headline, a quarterback away, they didn't have the quarterback to get them over the edge, and they were exactly what everyone thought they'd be. I'm almost worried that's exactly what's going to happen for yeah. the 2022 Broncos, is that they'll be exactly who people expect them to be, which is probably going to be the same thing of a close to 500 team that misses the playoffs. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's my fear. It's just more mediocrity, you know? Right. And at what point, yeah, do you, do you tank? You know, I, I wonder, like, is there a replication possible out there of the Bengals recipe of just being terrible for a few years and maybe saving some money, getting high draft capital, and then just being able to flip that switch. Yeah, I mean... Um, and, and also, though, with the ownership situation in Flux, who's really telling Peyton the direction he should be taking the franchise? I mean, is it just... Yeah, well, that's something that people talked about with Elway for a long time, right? It's, it's like, well, who who's telling him what to do? Or, or who's going to have the guts to fire him by the end of his career? Right. Um, but uh, in, in terms of, like, replicating what the Bengals have done. I think the Bengals proved it, man. Like you need that quarterback. And once you get that, then you figure everything else out. And then it's almost like the Broncos are sitting here on the, doing the exact opposite. Yeah. And it's just, you know, because of Peyton Manning, there's like a slight bit of optimism you can have that, Oh, you know, come on down, Mr. Rogers, come on down, Mr. Wilson. But if that doesn't happen, then you're just stuck here with, almost the worst of every world yeah and yeah i mean it, it is ridiculous i just spent way too much time you know reading you a list <laughs> of, of, of a bunch of names and positions and we're back we're talking about the quarterbacks because exactly that's what it is okay that's, so that's, i want i want you to right now just predict who the starting quarterback is going to be in 2022 for the denver broncos and, and I don't want your optimistic pick. I don't mm. want your pessimistic one. What is your most realistic thought? If like, if you just look at the situation, who is it going to be? And then what will the season end up looking like? Okay. Who's if it going to be? Yeah. Is it Teddy again? I, I don't think it'll be Teddy because I think that Teddy's too similar to Case Keenum a couple of years ago where like had an okay year, but right. not a very good right. one. And the fans just hated him even though he wasn't actually that bad. Yeah, they, um, they turned on Teddy quick this year. So I'm going to say Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Which is really unexciting. So we're going to go 7-10 and 10 again. Yeah. Probably last in the West. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's and just, it's... Get another draft pick that's okay but not great, and we rinse and repeat. Unless, I mean, they they could go out and sign Trubisky and still draft a guy, and you know if they draft Kenny Pickett, if they're if they're lucky enough for Kenny Pickett to fall to them, um, Kenny Pickett kind of has some some diet, uh, Joe Burrow, okay, qualities to him. So yeah, maybe you do that. You so, sign the safe, sign someone safe, and then really roll the dice on upside. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then you hope somebody like Indianapolis maybe wants to give you a third or a fourth for Locke um, so that he's just out of here and, and all of the Locke stands don't 
go insane on Reddit all the time. So how do you or... see the situation playing out in, in that case where you have a, a young rookie who maybe has some upside and kind of a more steady veteran who you've signed? You know, we know how Vangio handled that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sense of how Hackett handles that? So I, I don't. And is it different? I, I don't have any sense because I know nothing about Hackett. But just the vibe that I get from him, so my kind of shot-in-the-dark guess is that he's young, he's brand new, so he has some leeway that Fangio did not have last year. So maybe he just goes with the young guy. But actually, what I would hope is that he is close enough to the situation to... With Peyton. To, to just, feel it out. Yeah. With the player, not with Peyton. Oh, even. okay. But to, to feel it out and be like, you know what? Like, like let's just say it's Trubisky and Pickett. Um, based on, on Hackett's uh, assessments through camp, if he says, you know what? Kenny isn't ready and he's getting frazzled on in plays in preseason games whatever he needs to be smart enough to start Trubisky if the opposite is true and like maybe Pickett's practices aren't great but when he's on the field like he's making it happen and he's not making stupid mistakes um he, then he has to have the guts that. to yeah. to say I'm gonna throw this kid in the fire and this kid has pro- is proving to me still that he can learn that way um that's where you truly develop too, is in the fire, not in training camp, not in the preseason. Yeah. I I think so. Every backup. Yeah. Um, so, but well, I, I really don't know. Like that's let's be real. That's wishful thinking. Uh, that's what I want to see happen. Uh, if those two dudes, you know, are our quarterbacks. Well, Aaron, I gotta say, I'm less. <laughs> optimistic than i was before this conversation about the broncos 2022 season it's a little depressing uh, man. it is because it, it feels hopeless right it does feel hopeless it feels like it feels point? like it feels like being stuck in like in mediocrity yeah it really reminds me of um the astros before they got taken over by jim crane and jeff luna where they were just every year just about there around 500 and things were just not bad, not yeah. great. And that that's a tough cycle to get out of. Yeah. Um, and there really needs to be a commitment to to break out of that. And sometimes it's a tough one because you got to tell your fans, hey, we're going to suck for a while here. Um, and I don't know the temperature of Broncos country. You know, there's obviously the fans on Reddit that we're a little more in tune with. But you got to think of all the like older folks that own season tickets and what they want to go see, you know, mm-hmm. do, do they want to sit here and watch three, four years of suckage uh, for a potential home run in the future? I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, and then and without, owner, owner. without the ownership, yeah, picture figured out. That's not probably clear for Peyton. Yep. So it just it doesn't lead to a lot of optimism at it's all, man. It's a weird place to be as a Broncos it fan right of, now. It kind it's, of sucks. And I I will say, I kind of like that I'm coming in at this juncture yeah. as a Broncos fan because, you know, I, I thought it was fun when they won with Manning. They won Super Bowl 50 and all yeah. that. It was great, but I was not invested. I'm much more invested in this team now, and at least I'm not bandwagoning. Here's what I hope. Unlike I will be with the Nuggets soon. <laughs> What I hope and, and what I'll wrap up with is um, 
that you stick with the that you stay invested. Hey, it's fun either I, way. I hope that uh, even if they do suck for a while, I hope it it still you know keeps your interest. I watched at least a quarter of every single game this past year, so I remember sitting there at at my local bar watching the Broncos get destroyed and just commiserating with other yeah. fans. And I'm here for that. I've done it before. It's not a problem. But but man, it just feels frustrating. Yeah. Given that I'm, you know, a Rockets and Astros fan and both those teams seem to be very okay with tanking to get good. And the Broncos just seem to be that team that I've always made fun of that just can't decide whether they're going to go for it and be awesome or tank. And um but that's part of fandom is kind of that helplessness. So I'm here for it. I'm not going to stop watching. I'm not going to stop following. Yeah. I'm probably going to re-up my Football Outsiders subscription. And hopefully they actually post about the Broncos this year. <laughs> well, I lied. I said I was going to be the last thing I said. But I, I, I do want to sprinkle in some optimism at the end. Look, free agency starts. I need it. Okay. Free agency starts in nine days. And... Hope springs eternal. Once right. you start signing those players, once you know you got, oh, new new guy is here, and yeah, he wasn't great in you know Philadelphia or whatever, but he's going to fit our scheme, and it's oh, just going to change of scenery gonna is going to yeah. be great. Uh, We're going to turn him around, and and things are going to change. And we've got a completely new coaching staff, so there's obviously a lot of room for optimism there yeah. because it's hard to get worse than it was. And then you ride that high for a month or so. And then we're at the draft when every player who is selected on draft night, he's going to be the best player. He's ever. the franchise player. Yeah. I mean, this is it. This is the turning point. Put his numbers in the rafters. That's right. And then a week no. later you come down off that high and you're like, eh, I don't know. And then training camp starts and you're like, Oh, he sucks. And then we're three weeks into the season. <laughs> well, actually three weeks into this past season, it was great. We were three and zero. But uh, but then we know what happened. But right now, it we spent a lot of time talking about how shitty things are. Yeah, and how like there's no clear path out of it. But there are a lot of murky paths out of it, and we're in a good spot. We have a GM who's drafting well and is acquiring free agents well. We have Elway somewhat out of the picture, which right Elway is, is now probably like an a outside advisor. Yep. Uh, we had an all new coaching staff. And they're all young dudes. This is should be, you know, an invigoration of life and youth. And, and it's fun. It's exciting. It's a new time. So, you know, it's easy. We sat here for a long time. Talked about how dour everything is. But um, there is hope on the horizon. And the season's not even started yet. I'd rather be a Broncos fan than a Texans fan. Yeah, and our quarterback isn't a serial sexual predator. And our ownership isn't – the, the up-in-the-air ownership situation for Denver is better than the current ownership situation for Houston. Yeah. I mean, I just sit here on, on Houston Sports Twitter and, and watch that dumpster fire, and I've got to say, we're, we are in a better spot. So, not to end on, like, a too much of a downer, man, but um, – I, th- I think these next few months here will inform a lot of my uh, thoughts on the Broncos, whether they be optimistic or pessimistic. But I'm along for the ride, yeah. No matter what, I, it'll be fun. We'll um, we'll st- we'll stick with you. I, free agency's next week, so 
we should probably be back pretty soon. Yeah, probably another two weeks we'll be back and hopefully have some, you know, material things to talk about. Yeah, I won't just... Uh... And I hope it's not pessimistic after that, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I promise I'm going to try to get better about just reading off lists. Hey, don't worry about it, man. I honestly needed that um, as poorly informed as I am. Just kind of going down a bullet list there was was actually helpful. Well, if if, if we can inform, that's that's what we aim to do. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess it's really not. It's really not. But hey, I hope it was entertaining, guys. Um, We'll be back at you hopefully in like a couple weeks. Yeah. With some sports news. Maybe I'll have a lot of Texas Longhorn baseball to talk about. Who knows? But we will have some free agency stuff to talk about. So that's good. We got to take a look at the USFL too kicking off. That's right. We've decided we're going to be a a fan of the Houston Gamblers. Is that right? Yeah, after much deliberation. um, That you left them off of your poll on Twitter. Unbelievable. You even put... I didn't want to look like a homer. I thought Houston was the obvious choice. For me. You know, I can finally root for a football team from Houston. (laughs) Unlike the lousy Texans. Well, I didn't think about it that way. I'm sorry. It's all right. Plus, they have a really cool logo. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, actually, yeah, of course, of course I've seen it. <laughs> Lifelong fan of the Houston Gamblers. That Lifelong season uh, does not kick off until April 16th. So uh, we got it. We got a couple episodes left before we torture people with if we even remember to watch the USFL. Because remember, a couple years ago, we were going to get into the, the AAFL. Wasn't it the XFL or was it the AAFL? Yeah, the There's AA so many leagues the, that pop up. Right? And they all fail. Yeah. But this one is actually partnering with the NFL on some stuff. I saw that they're almost going to be kind of like the um, different independent leagues in baseball that do rules experimentation. Yeah. That the NFL is going to be Although paying I guess them the to do that. Double AFL did that as well. But uh, anyway, you know, if, if we remember, it could be fun. If we don't, nobody's going to care. Then we never said this. <laughs> also, go gamblers. Their outlook is brighter than the Broncos right now. Sad but true. All right, folks. We'll hit you up next time. Thanks. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Aatencio91, at Cutchin, and at PI Sports Show. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Atopatech.com for our track Ready, Aim, Fire. This has been the Poorly Informed Sports Show. 